I was thinking about uh, Germans have always got us in a lot of trouble. Um, cosmological <laughs> revolution. We don't even know. We got to We got to continue to use that term because that's that's really big. Um, I didn't ask you. Oh, that was going to ask you. What are the metaphysics of sin? We didn't well, talk about that. Yeah. So. Um, when Nietzsche, when Nietzsche talks about the metaphysics of sin, what he's saying is that uh, he he <laughs> he believes we need to get away from the concept that guilt is a metaphysical reality, right? That's what um, you were talking about. Okay, yeah, that makes sense now. Where you were going? Okay, and which is why I mean that was I I got to preach at my church on Sunday, and that's what I preached on mm. is that. Um, guilt has to be a legal reality for it to be, uh, for forgiveness to be a real thing, for forgiveness to make a real difference, right? And so by moving oh, away, wow. by trying to, re so Nietzsche wants to move guilt into a, a psychological state um, so that we can say it's a false psychological state and and then Freud runs with it, right? So Freud calls um, he he calls guilt a um, a psychosis, right? A broken aspect of our psyche, a broken aspect. And, and Nietzsche is the one who gives him that idea. Most Christians now, that's what they mean yep. when they say guilt. That's exactly and sin, right? and sin. Yeah, sin is a, guilt is a thing I feel. Sin is a thing that injures my, myself. Um, you know, because of how rather I feel. Than, <laughs> <laughs> because of how I feel um, rather than guilt being a legal category mm. in terms of I I'm guilty because I committed a crime against a, a cosmological law, the law of the cosmos, a law of the king of all things. Right. Um, and so not every not every sin needs to be a civic crime. Not ever. There's a difference between sin and crime, but it's because of jurisdiction, not because of the nature of it. Right. So all sin is a crime in Jesus's jurisdiction as king of kings. Not all sin is crime in the jurisdiction of the, the lower jurisdictions that Jesus established. But that means that for when he says he's died for our sins and we are forgiven of our sins, that that's a cosmological category, right? The king of the cosmos. And this is the, the end of Romans 8. The point is that Jesus is the king of the cosmos. Um, and as and so he is and he is the judge at the end of time there. No one can bring a charge against God's elect because the same one who is the judge was also the priest who sacrificed the sacrifice and he was the sacrifice. He's the king. So he's the priest and he's the king and he's the judge. They're all the same person. When the priest sacrifices the king um, for your sins, when you stand before the judge and he's the one who's declared you innocent of your sins is also going to be the judge. Right? So he says there, who can bring a charge against God's elect when God is for you and he is the king and the priest and the judge. So 
he's already on your side. He's already taken care of it. There is no longer anyone who can bring a charge against you because you're legally forgiven. Um, the king has already taken your sins and so taken your crimes upon himself. The priest has already committed the sacrifice and that king and that priest are also the judge. Therefore, there is no one that can separate you from again, from God's love, right? Because it, uh, it's already a legal reality and the judge of time isn't somebody different that you're waiting to hear. How's he going to judge? He's already stepped into, into the present and judged. So that future judgment of innocence, just, you're justified, he says, you're going to be judged innocent. That future judgment can be brought into your present circumstances by faith. And so you can know that none of the difficulties you're experiencing are punishments. They are all the shape of the path that you are taking to Jesus. So you're going to get to the end and look back on the story from that position at the present difficulties and say, this was a good journey I was on, even through these present difficulties, because of the legal realities that are being talked about by by Paul, right? By the, the because sin is a is has metaphysical reality has a that it has to do with the legal jurisdiction of Jesus as King of Kings. When you stand before the judge, the judge is the same person that died for you as King. So all of your present circumstances by faith are transformed by that future reality as you bring that future reality into the present by faith. It's a it's a it, it is it would terrify. It, it's the it's the anti Nietzsche passage. <laughs> Right. He he wants sin to be denied its metaphysical reality so that guilt can become a psychological category. We just need to say, no, it's not right. Shame is a psychological category, um, but guilt is not. Guilt is a metaphysical legal category and therefore forgiveness is objective. But you know what? Because we've bought into Nietzsche, when we talk about the gospel, we talk about all of it as a psychological category. And Gnostic yeah. too. Right. That's why that's I can't remember who said it, but somebody said um that now you visit a church and it's a therapeutic deism. Yeah. It's it's no longer Christianity. Um it's because we don't have covenantal and legal categories, right? We we have we have bought into the the marriage of metaphysics and psychology that Nietzsche pushed for that Freud popularized. We have bought into all of that, and so we think what we all need is therapy for our psychoses. Guilt is one of our psychoses. We put it in theological terms, but that's what we end up doing. We we've lost the need for a, um, a savior that holds offices of prophet, priest, and king. And because of that, they've moved out of the natural category. So then when we say guilt, it's not actually guilty in a court of law. Right? Like that's we right. We, like in a in a real tangible world in the world that we live in, you literally are guilty before God in a court of law. That right. when we have a disconnected cosmological understanding then we can, then all that become. That's how Gnosticism gets in. It all becomes in your head. Yeah. It all becomes something that it all becomes in your head. And that's why Gnosticism is so legalistic, because now the only 
categories of of uh, crime and justice and are civic in the present, right? So you have to, um, so you you get really legalistic. I, I mean, this is why revivalism led to the legalism that it led to, right? So it's all of a sudden, every sin has to become a crime, right? And that, I mean, the left now runs with that to the nth degree, um, but that was, that was our idea. That was revivalistic Christians that ran um, the court system as a as as outside of its jurisdiction, right? It it expanded our court systems in America outside of their jurisdiction because it didn't believe that there was a a judge of judges, a court over the judges, a, a court over our court system that would judge it all. Um, that 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 because God specifically claims certain things for his own jurisdiction, for his judgment only, and not for the judgment of our earthly judges. There are things that are sins that should not ever be crimes. And that's, I mean, the Bible establishes that. Yeah. And we've said uh, our, metaf- our metaphysic, our buying into the cosmological revolution left us without those categories. You better get off here before you keep going. <laughs>